No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ishmael kills Gedaliah, the governor of Judah, and also 70 men who come to worship. But Johanan comes to the rescue. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah 41 on Simply the Bible. Genuine peace is one of the most elusive states. People must fight to obtain it and then fight to maintain it. Genuine peace requires submission to the laws of God. Without this submission, the passion of fallen man will trump peace as each person strives to get what he wants. Following the great warfare of the Babylonian invasion of Judah and the destruction of Jerusalem, peace-loving people who remained in Judah were content to farm the land under the rule and protection of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and under his appointed Judean governor, Gedaliah. But not everybody was willing to submit to this new administration, even though it had been appointed by God. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 41. Now it came to pass in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family and of the officers of the king, came with ten men to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, at Mitzpah. And there they ate bread together in Mitzpah. Then Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and the ten men who were with him, arose and struck Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, with a sword and killed him, whom the king of Babylon had made governor over the land. Ishmael also struck down all the Jews who were with him, that is, with Gedaliah at Mitzpah, and the Chaldeans who were found there, the men of war. Ishmael belonged to the royal family, and as such, he probably had his own ambitions to rule in Judah. He may have felt slighted by King Nebuchadnezzar when he appointed Gedaliah as the governor rather than him. He was also supported by the king of the Ammonites in this plot. Now, Ishmael came to Gedaliah feigning friendship. The phrase, they ate bread together, should not be taken lightly because hospitality in that culture is a big deal. If you invited somebody in a tent or in your home to break bread with you, then you were sworn to protect him as long as he was under your roof, even if that meant giving your own life to do it. Eating bread together was a sign of unity. The same bread that would become part of you would become part of me, and then we are now bound together as one. Therefore, Ishmael was breaking all these rules of hospitality as he deceived Gedaliah and broke bread with him. There were Jewish men of war who accompanied Gedaliah as well as some Chaldeans, no doubt posted by King Nebuchadnezzar to ensure the protection and success of his appointed governor. Ishmael and his men struck all these men down. And it happened on the second day after he had killed Gedaliah, when as yet no one knew it, that certain men came from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria, 80 men, with their beards shaved and their clothes torn, having cut themselves with offerings and incense in their hand to bring them to the house of the Lord. 
Now, Ishmael did not want the news of his assassination of Gedaliah to spread too quickly. He wanted time to gather people to his cause before King Nebuchadnezzar found out. These 80 unexpected worshipers posed a threat to this plan. They came from the area of the northern kingdom of Israel, and they had their beards shaved and clothes torn, probably in mourning for the destruction of Jerusalem. They also had cut themselves, which was also a sign of mourning, something that pagans would do, and yet the law had forbidden Jews to do this. But these men were no doubt an admixture of Samaritans as well as uh, Jewish worship, and so sort of combined both pagan and Jewish rituals. They came with offerings and incense and were likely on a pilgrimage to worship at the ruined altar in Jerusalem. It was the seventh month, which was the same time as the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles. So this was probably why they were coming at this time. Now Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, went out from Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went along. And it happened as he met them that he said to them, Come to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. So it was when they came into the midst of the city that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, killed them and cast them into the midst of a pit, he and the men who were with him. Ishmael went out to meet them and was weeping to make them think that he was sympathetic to their cause of mourning. He invited them to come and meet Gedaliah, the governor of the land. This would have been an honorable invitation to these pilgrims, and they took him up on it. But as soon as they came into Mizpah, Ishmael and his men killed them and cast them into a pit, which was probably a cistern. But ten men were found among them who said to Ishmael, Do not kill us, for we have treasures of wheat, barley, oil, and honey in the field. So he desisted and did not kill them among their brethren. So these ten men negotiated with Ishmael to save their lives, promising to show them a cache of food that was probably in another cistern somewhere. Ishmael, as greedy as he was treacherous and murderous, spared their lives so that he killed 70 out of the 80 worshipers. Now the pit into which Ishmael had cast all the dead bodies of the men whom he had slain because of Gedaliah was the same one Asa the king had made for fear of Baasha, king of Israel. Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, filled it with the slain. This is an interesting historical note here. King Asa had dug this cistern about 300 years earlier as part of his defense against King Baasha of Israel. Cisterns were essential in fortified cities to provide water. This cistern once helped preserve life, but now it was filled with the dead. Then Ishmael carried away captive all the rest of the people who were in Mizpah, the king's daughters, and all the people who remained in Mizpah, whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had committed to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, carried them away captive and departed to go over to the Ammonites. 
We discover here that some of the princesses of King Zedekiah were left in Judah and entrusted to Gedaliah by the Babylonian captain of the guard. Ishmael carried away captive all these people who had come to Gedaliah for protection, including Jeremiah. His intention was to take them to the Ammonites, for the king of Ammon had assisted him in this plot. Now, they didn't go the direct route. They went by way of Gibeon, probably because he was looking for this cache of food that he was told about by uh, 10 of these men that had come to worship. But when Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces that were with him heard of all the evil that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had done, they took all the men and went to fight with Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and they found him by the great pool that is in Gibeon. Now, I like this guy. I like his attitude here. Johanan had warned Gedaliah of Ishmael's intent to kill him. But Gedaliah didn't believe him. Now that news reached Johanan, he could have thought to himself, well, serves him right. He should have listened to me. Instead, he gathered his men and said, let's go get him. This is similar to what Abraham did when he heard that his nephew Lot had been captured. Now, he could have sat and say, well, Lot, you made a stupid move moving over to Sodom, but that's not what he did. Instead, he gathered his servants and they went after the kings of the east, and and rescued Lot. Uh, We admire Johanan's bravery here and his love for the people of Judah in seeking what he could do to rescue them. So it was when all the people who were with Ishmael saw Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces who were with him, they were glad. And all the people whom Ishmael had carried away captive from Mizpah turned around and came back and went to Johanan, the son of Korea. And so as soon as the people saw Johanan, they were, they were glad. They were happy that somebody had come to rescue them from this treacherous, murderous Ishmael. But Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, escaped from Johanan with eight men and went to the Ammonites. Perhaps in the chaos that ensued as the people defected over to Johanan, Ishmael and his eight men found opportunity to escape. Then Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces that were with him took from Mizpah all the rest of the people whom he had recovered from Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, after he had murdered Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the mighty men of war, and the women, and the children, and the eunuchs whom he had brought back from Gibeon. And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Kimham, which is near Bethlehem, as they went on their way to Egypt because of the Chaldeans, for they were afraid of them, because Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had murdered Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, whom the king of Babylon had made governor in the land. So they went to Kimham, which was near Bethlehem, about six miles southwest of Jerusalem, and this was on the way to Egypt. Now, why didn't Johanan take the people back to Mizpah where they had been and where they had a fortified city and they had already begun farming. Well, we are told here that he feared the Chaldeans, but didn't he trust Gedaliah who had encouraged everyone to submit to King Nebuchadnezzar and live peaceably in the land? Didn't he trust Jeremiah who had encouraged the same thing? 
we are told that they feared the Chaldeans because Gedaliah was killed. But wouldn't all of the people, including Jeremiah, have given a good report to King Nebuchadnezzar or the captain of the guard that Johanan had actually saved them from the murderous Ishmael and that he had had no evil intent toward Gedaliah? We will see in the next chapter that Johanan moved the people south from Mizpah because he desired to escape to Egypt. And perhaps the fear of the Chaldeans was really the justification to do that. He, like so many other Jews, stubbornly resisted submitting to the king of Babylon, even though God had spoken clearly through Jeremiah that Nebuchadnezzar was his servant and this was his will. We are told in the Proverbs that fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Our ambition should always be to fear God by holding fast to his word rather than fearing man or seeking our own agenda. If we will submit to God and his will, then he will protect and provide for us no matter what. And if it happens to be our time to go, well, guess what? We go into the arms of our Lord. May God help us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and not to rely upon the arm of flesh. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And please leave us a review. On Monday, we will return to the book of Second Chronicles, where Jehoshaphat reigns in Judah and delights himself in the Lord. As a result, he increases in power. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching in God's Word on Simply the Bible.